Welcome to Running an Obstacle Race Train. I'm your host, Jeff Bennett, and I've been running and doing obstacle race training for many, many years, to include the 22 years I was in the Army and the 15 years since I've been retired. Happy to share experiences and interview other such athletes to kind of motivate us to keep going and finish the course. This program is brought to you currently by Red Bike Publishing. Books and training. Also brought to you by Mission Driven Research. Mission Driven Research is a growing company providing technical services to the U.S. federal government. MDR strives to provide excellent service to our customers, employees, and community. And they also happen to sponsor me and my races. If you'd like to get in touch with us, contact us at editor at redbikepublishing.com. That's editor at R-E-D-B-I-K-E publishing.com. All right, welcome. Uh, my name is Claire Sherling, and welcome to Running and Obstacle Race Training with Jeff Bennett. Thank you, Claire. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be on. Oh, I'm glad to have you. I haven't had too many people to interview, and you are the first one at race director level and my first interviewee for people who do obstacle racing, um, obstacle course racing, or OCR as we call it. My last one was a marathon runner, and uh, he, he was a good interview. He's my buddy, Patrick, so glad to have you on to give a, get a different perspective of it. Well, thanks. I'm excited to be here. So, um, which came first, uh, race directing or OCR racing for you? Oh, uh, definitely the the OCR uh, actual race running. Um, it was a, a pretty quick transition to race directing, but I started off just with some uh, a really simple race in Alabama. Oh, which one? Um, actually, the Panther Run. Um, it's a good homegrown race that's in some of those great hills outside of Birmingham, and I, I just absolutely fell in love with it, um, and well, within eight months, I ended up um, hosting my first race after running one, so it, <laughs> it was a very fast transition. <laughs> yeah, um, I think a lot of people try to um, do what you're doing, but it is very difficult. Um, but I understand how, after running your first race, how excited you've gotten to run obstacle race training. It seems to happen to most people who, who try it for the first time. Yes, for me, um, it kind of felt like coming home as a, a former athlete in, in high school and then being physically active my adult life. Um, I moved to Marion, uh, where I live now, and I was really lacking a like athletic community. Um, and I didn't realize that it was affecting me so much. And then to kind of you know, take that step into the obstacle course racing world, which is a really positive and fun, but also competitive environment. Um, it, it literally just lit me up inside and I, I jumped in completely headfirst, um, <laughs> trying to just soak it all in as much as I possibly could. And I guess that's how I 
ended up really quickly kind of transitioning into being a race director. Well, what was your athletic background in high school? Um, well, I played everything as a little kid. Um, anything literally you could have. I was going from one sport to the second practice uh, two days a week. So whether it was basketball, baseball, soccer, uh, horseback riding, all of it. Uh, later in life, I was a really competitive soccer player. Um, I played at an incredibly high level with a traveling team. And then I was also a hunter jumper. Um, so I showed. And both of those were really intense and competitive uh, sports. And then when I got into my adult years, I still continued to play soccer um, year-round, really, until just recently. Well, soccer seems to be a lot of, I never played it except backyard, but seems like a lot of running and sprinting. Not much rest, it's, it appears. Yeah, it's nonstop. It's like a lot of, it's like interval running. You jog. You sprint, you run, you jog, you sprint, you run. Um, most soccer, I think this is, I don't know if it's completely accurate, but I've heard that um, if you're playing the full 90 minutes of a soccer game, typically you're running anywhere from like seven to 10 miles. Um, and it's just kind of off and on, off and on, off and on. So yeah, there's a lot of running involved with that for sure. Now, um, was your transition to OCR um, pretty simple or... or um... I haven't done Panther Run yet, but I know when I started OCR back in 2008 time period, um, the obstacles were crawl under something, crawl over something, nothing too difficult. And then I started doing things like Battle Frog, which I never was able to finish an obstacle. So it changed my strategy. I did a little bit of running, a lot of sprinting, and a lot of um, work on my grip strength. Um, how was it for you? Um, well, I was really, I was pretty blessed with, I got my journey into OCR. I was already at the, at that time in pretty good shape. And, um, I had, had the pleasure of being introduced to some really great people who were experienced in obstacle course racing. Um, one of them was a guy named Billy Findos who is a kind of a, an old OCR legend in Alabama. He's got a great beard. And he gave me a lot of tips because I was nervous. As someone who likes to be competitive and likes to do well, um, I didn't really know what to expect. And so he gave me some heads up on what to expect. But honestly, the challenge for the Panther Run was okay. Um, the biggest challenge that I faced in obstacle course racing was and later in my first season when I was injured and really even still just coming back from that, that's the biggest challenge that I faced for sure. So um, um, your injury, was it obstacle course related injury? Did you injure yourself on the track or... Oh, no. So, um, actually, I injured myself jumping on the trampoline with my daughter <laughs> um, at one of those trampoline parks, and I rolled my ankle really terribly. They, they both, um, my, both of my ankles are incredibly um, vulnerable from years of soccer. I should have had surgery a long time ago. And so I was in a boot for a long time and bouncing back from that after kind of starting into the OCR world and doing really well. And like I, I won a race and I was I was really kind of charging ahead and feeling really uh, positive to 
then being injured, um, it's been an interesting road back because it's been really humbling and I've had to, you know, learn how to focus on different strengths that I had while I'm, you know, rehabbing the injuries. Yeah. So you mentioned um, what you liked about OCR was the positive environment. Are you, are you talking about the culture or the um, community of OCR? Oh, absolutely. Um, the community in OCR is one of the, the greatest reasons that I think I was immediately hooked on it. Um, I've never really seen uh, such a positive environment with um, adult athletes. I've done a couple of other things, uh, you know, some other like trail races and stuff like that. And even the trail racing community, which is insanely amazing and positive and wacky, the OCR people are a different breed of wacky and kind. Um, I think that a lot, it's a lot of people who are there who know that at the end of the day, they're all just there to do their best and to have a good time. And even if you're competing on like a, an incredibly high level, or if you're just there to help your friend get over an obstacle, um, that's something that I feel like is almost really tangible with obstacle course racing that it's hard to put into words. Um, and it's one of the reasons I fell in love with it. I, I started racing at a time where I really felt like I needed something. I needed, um, I needed a boost of positive place in my life where I could pour some of my athletic energy and hands down, I really couldn't have asked for a better community than um, OCRs and particularly the OCR tribe, which is a group that I'm a member of. Yeah, I love that tribe. Uh, I am too. And uh, what's cool is uh, well, you're in the same boat as I am. We both live in Alabama and many of the races that we go to are in Georgia or Tennessee or somewhere that we have to travel to. And when yeah. we go, somebody's always shouting our name because we see friends and family there. Yeah, it, that is one of the greatest things. Um, I really don't go outside of Alabama and Georgia very much because it's it's amazing. The community that I want to see, they're always at those races. So <laughs> I'm blessed in that way. <laughs> That's true. And then, well, you, you know, you go to the world championships and you may have some friends there as well. They're everywhere. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, one of the things about the, the OCR community I have noticed is that even though um, it is really big, I also feel like it's also small. Like everyone really does know each other. Yeah. And uh, we encourage each other. As you mentioned, we give each other a hard time for fun. And uh, I guess it brings it back home. What you talked about is I've done uh, several OCR events that take place in the morning. And you do the team challenges in the evening, or you do an endurance challenge like at Bone Frog, like like I did, and other people do different lengths. But at the end of the day, for example, it encouraged me when I was there seven hours, and there were still people hanging around encouraging athletes who were still on the field, and, and that helped me get through it. Yes, um, one of the greatest experiences of my OCR. Um, well, I don't even want to call it a career. I haven't been doing it that long. That sounds pretentious. But one of the best experiences that I've had is um, actually being a pit crew for someone at World's Toughest Mudder, which oh, yeah. for, for your like running audience that doesn't know, that's the you know 24-hour 
nonstop Tough Mudder um, with some of the greatest athletes in our our sport. And um, I had the pleasure of of pit crewing for an amazing guy, uh, Sven. And that hands down was just one of my favorite experiences of my life because I truly felt like I was making an impact on helping his goal, um, whether it was keeping his his head in the game, which he was incredibly mentally strong, but, you know, little things like having his food ready for him when he came in and it was freezing cold. It was like below 30 and there was ice on everything. They're all wearing wetsuits. Um to just being there as a support that was one of the you know just the greatest things and that is something that I feel like you you do see in these sports whether it is OCR or ultra running um it's the team mentality sometimes people I think look at this stuff and think oh it's an individual sport but in a lot of ways it's just really not we're all kind of working together to help each other reach those goals that is absolutely right and uh I, I didn't realize you had served on a crew in one of the most miserable days in November. It was George, freezing. <laughs> goodness, you didn't get to run around and get warm. You're just standing there waiting for your athlete to come in. Actually, um, to keep warm, um, I ran out with him every single time. Every time he came back in, um, I would throw off one of my jackets because we had on several, and I would run with him for about a mile Um if not a mile and a half into the course. And it was just one of the greatest things of my life. I loved it. Um, and I guess that there's some people that think, what, what is so great about that? But there's something really special about watching someone do something that is, in some terms, insane. I mean, it's an incredibly difficult task, what these athletes were doing. And to get to be a part of that and to help someone you know, push towards what they want to do was such an honor. Um, so I had a fantastic time, even though it was freezing. <laughs> well, S S Sven's a cool guy. I had a chance to meet him at the latest Married Maid Challenge that you hosted. Um, can you tell my audience a little bit about the Married Maid Challenge and maybe why they might want to participate? Um, sure. So the Married Maid Challenge, um, well, to get back it up, I... Um, I'm originally from Atlanta, but I live in Marion, Alabama, and I work for Marion Military Institute, which is a, a military college. And uh, we, a couple of years ago, were starting to build an obstacle course that was inspired by BUDS. And for you guys who don't know, BUDS is a Navy SEAL training um, obstacle course. Um, as well as other things. But so the course uh, we were working on was something that I just immediately caught my attention. I had never really paid attention to obstacle courses. I didn't really know anything about them, but I just thought this is cool and I really like it and I can't wait to try it out. Um, and basically um, after the course was developed and I had been introduced to obstacle course racing by some incredible people, um, I just said, you know what, we need to have a race here. Like, I just feel like this would be a wonderful opportunity to, uh, showcase the, this amazing school. 
Um, but also, you know, use what we have here. Use this amazing course and build something great. And so what we did is we, well, we decided to make it a fundraiser. And so all the cadets that helped me um, plan and manage and execute the Mary and Me Challenge are part of either my OCR club or they are part of the other specialty clubs on campus that are kind of involved with that type of activity. Um, some of them are our special ops guys who are the Swamp Foxes, um, the band, uh, the Gaelic Club, which is a study abroad trip to Ireland. Uh, and we, we decided to you know, use what we had and to try to make a great, difficult 5K that was raising funds for these students so that they could have more opportunities um, to get off of campus, get outside and see more of the world. If obstacle course racing had changed my life so much, I just really wanted to share that with the students. So selfishly at the beginning, it was all about me raising funds for my OCR club so I could take them to races like the Savage Race and Bone Frog and Tough Mudder and all these others. Um, but then it grew into a thing where I realized, you know, this is helping to raise awareness for these people in this rural town in Alabama where I live that are you know, some, some of them are not as physically active as they could be, um, to help them, you know, see like the beauty and exercise and the beauty and obstacle course racing where, you know, you might not be able to do everything, but the confidence that you get from trying, uh, a really difficult obstacle for you, no matter what level you are. And then to be able to do that is just, um, it's priceless. Uh, even my daughter's uh, kindergarten teacher, who is, my daughter's just five, or she's just turned six. Um, she had lost a lot of weight recently and she came out to the race and, it, you know, in her mind, it was completely out of her league. And maybe in some ways it is, but it wasn't because that's what obstacle course racing is about. It's about building people's confidence by showing them that they can do more than they actually believe they can. And uh, to watch her finish that race with such determination, um, she was the last person to cross the finish line, but she had the biggest smile of anyone that did it that day. And that's the kind of stuff that it's like, okay, this is what is really cool about the Marion Maid Challenge. It's not just about raising funds for the students. Um, it's not just uh, something that I did because I was bored living in rural Alabama. Um, to see the local community start to respond and get more active is priceless. Um, so, well, why should people come to the Mary and May Challenge? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's a special race. We have a we have a lot of heart and very uh, well built obstacles. So, I yeah, guess I, I guess that's something. <laughs> I agree, and I know you're you're proud of your daughter. Um, that was that 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 is a tough race, and even even that event that you put on for the children is very challenging. And I I was so happy to watch them running through it. Um, yeah, I'd like to know that that's our future in OCR. Yes, absolutely. 
um, trying to get the local kids out has been huge for me. And I'm glad that you noticed that every time we've had a race, we've had more and more local kids come. Um, and the two that won were little local boys and I was just so proud of them. And it's, it's interesting to see, um, their families respond to their children getting into this and being okay with getting muddy and all of that. It's a, it's an evolution and I think it's great. Yeah. Well, that is, that's good. And that's a good point because like you mentioned, many of us in OCR want to give back the way we can. And this podcast I'm hoping is giving back to the community uh, of OCR runners. And I hope it helps you out too. And if anybody has any questions for Claire, you can email me at editor at redbikepublishing.com and I will definitely forward them to you, Claire. And hopefully some of that includes help. So if we can help in any way if, um, to, to make this a success, uh, just let us know, Claire, and uh, we will definitely do that. But one of the things I like about Mary May Challenge is um, I'm retired military and I am proud of those cadets. And I am proud the way uh, our our future soldiers are going to come out of Marion May of Marion Marion Institute Marion Military Institute. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, yeah, I, I, their work ethic is awesome. They are positive. From the people directing me in to park my car to the the young men that whip me soundly going through those obstacle courses, um, <laughs> and the guys uh, spider manning off the rappel towers. Um, great crew there and Marine Military Institute should be proud of their cadets. Yeah, we are proud. And that's, um, you know, it's one of the things that is, it's kind of cool about living here. I'm, I'm from a bigger city and, and, uh, MMI is, is a special place. Like these students are truly the future leaders of America. And I'm not saying that because I work here or I'm in PR. Um, they are extraordinary students. Um, they're extraordinary young people that are going to make a, a big change. So that, that's, that makes going to work really easy. <laughs> so um, you're working them. You're working them pretty good. And I guess within a 12-month period, you've had three Marion Made Challenge events. Um, are you going to do that every year? Do you have the uh, stamina for that? Or are you going to settle on uh, uh, one event a year? No, we, we can't, unfortunately. Um, so the way it worked out is the, the very first time I got this idea to throw the race together, I had to go through a um, gauntlet of colonels, <laughs> um, right. superiors at the, the college. Um, and by the time we got it approved, I literally had two months to actually put the first race together. And so we used that as a trial run just to kind of see how it would go. We actually limited the amount of registrants. We didn't want it to be too big. Um, and we just kind of wanted to test the waters. And it was great. And we loved it. And it raised funds for the kids. And it seemed like the contestants were happy. And so then I said, please, 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 can we do another one in the, in the fall? And they said, okay. So we did. Um, and that was fantastic. And then we did another one in the spring, but uh, it's too much for it's too much for the students, and um, we don't have the time in our schedule to put it all in there. Um, so unfortunately, going forward, we'll only have a race in the spring. 
Well, good. I'm looking forward to it. This year, I'm just going to brag on you. Um, this year, the competitive field was out of this world. In fact, yes. it was international. We had people from Canada, people from Germany, if you count Sven. And <laughs> we're, we're, I mean, I guess all over the United States at least, right? Yeah. Well, I think becoming um, a qualifying race for the, um, like the OCR, you know, NORAM and the World Championship was a huge pull, especially at the very end. So we ended up with some in really impressive competitors. And I hope that next time we have even more. Well, good. Well, congratulations on that. That I forgot to congratulate you. That is an excellent accomplishment for your OCR event. Uh, Thank you're the you. race director of, and you get qualifications for NORAM and World Championships. Great. Thank you so much. Honestly, it doesn't even feel real. This has all been, um, I mean, a, a lot of work, but really organic and. Um, I can't, I, I just almost, it doesn't almost seem like real, but thank you so much. We're really humbled by it. Oh, we're, we are proud of you. Everybody in OCR tribe and all your friends uh, are definitely pulling for you and can't wait to do the next one. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, well, I know something new about you. You are transitioning into ultra marathons and I believe your first race is probably one of the most intimidating ultra marathon races I've notice to date <laughs> yes um <laughs> i giggle because even the even the thought of it is, is is a little scary to me um but it's also it's exciting if if this was a video chat um you would see i have a huge grin on my face um do you want me to tell you about it? Um, yeah, how I got into it. Yeah, let's talk about how you got into it. How do you go from a five k to a fifty k? So, um, you know, I, I guess one of the things about me and sort of how I um, I got into the obstacle course racing is I am a bit of I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie. Um, and I like, I, I kind of crave the high that you get from doing something that is scary, uh, that's really hard. And I'm going to tell you a secret. I actually don't like running. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like running at all. Um, I mean, I, not at all. It's, running is hard for me. Um, it's difficult. It's very difficult for me. Um, first, there was a psychological component from when I was playing such competitive soccer and they would make us run until we would puke all the time at practice and two a days mm. and all that. That that was a, a kind of a psychological barrier I had to get over when I first started training for OCRs. And then for like uh, St. Jude, I did my first half marathon. I had to just get over that. And I realized um, that psychological part was really key. Um, but also physically, I have, um, I have a lot of autoimmune issues. I've got ulcerative colitis and arthritis and endometriosis. And so um, there is something about making myself do something like that and committing to a big goal that is good for me um 
And if it scares me, I find I am much more likely to just jump into it and love it. And so uh, I had a friend at work. Um, I said, will you do my one of my obstacle course races and I'll run one of your marathons. And so we, we kind of traded off. And I did, uh, I was just starting off with a half. So I did St. Jude half marathon. And uh, she still hasn't done an obstacle course race. So actually, I need to make her pay me back on that one. Um, but I, I loved it. <laughs> I loved the training of the um, half marathon. I liked the long runs. I hated the little, I, I, it's hard for me to like fit in all the training that goes into ultra marathons because I'm just so busy. But the long runs were something that I actually kind of dreaded. And then it was such a wonderful feeling to have done it, um, especially in this crazy Alabama heat. It gave me a high that I really, I just craved. Um, and that was the same kind of high that I get from obstacle course racing. But for some reason, it's different with ultra running because um, I guess it's because it's actually harder for me than obstacle course racing. I'm probably more of a natural obstacle course racer than I am a runner. And so that, that difficulty is something that I, I, I want. And, and I realize that if it scares me and it's painful, it's probably good for me. Yeah, that, that's true. It is a new, what I've discovered, it is a new way of doing things. I've been doing, uh, I started ultra running in December. And I started with a marathon and then two 50Ks. And then I just did a 41-miler last Saturday. And um, it is different than obstacle course racing because I'm very competitive in obstacle course racing. Yes, you but, are. But endurance racing, I am like the last one out there, seems like. And um, But I like the start line. Now, I'm going to tell you this, um, just, just for you, for encouragement. I like the start line of of an endurance race or an um, ultra marathon more than I like the start race of a of a obstacle course race, and that cool. is, that is because I don't have to go fast. <laughs> the whole run, I don't have to get my. Um, we're not supposed to get our heart rate up or um, get out of breath the whole endurance run because. We're there for the endurance, for the time. And yeah. uh, there's no nerves. There's no jitters. It's like, let's go. And, and one step in front of the other. And I kind of like that pace. I think that's awesome. And I think that's actually one of the reasons that um, I enjoyed. I've only done one trail run. It was just a 25K. Um, but it, it was at Oak Mountain at Blood Rock, um, which is run by uh, David Tosh from Southeastern uh, Trail Series, and he's kind of a legend down here. And it apparently is supposed to be the hardest race for the end of that trail series. I didn't know that. I just signed up for it because I just said I want to do something that scares me, and this seems scary. So let's go for it. And I know that some of your listeners are probably like 100 milers. And one day I will be one of those guys, but... When I did that 25K, I was, like, really nervous because I was undertrained. Yeah. But there was, there was just something really uh, interesting about the, that whole community. I, I loved the vibe of it. 
I loved the, um, the they talk like, to you while you're racing. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that because, I mean, can you tell I like to talk? <laughs> right. And nobody talks to you in a 5K. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like sprinting, basically. No, I just I just absolutely loved it. Um, and one of the things is that I know, I can tell you this right now, I would never do any kind of long race on the road. I'm a trail person 100%. Okay, well, that's one of the questions I'm going to ask you, road or trail. Um, so is your next trail a 50K or a 50-miler? Okay, so, yes, I was really, really thinking about 50 miles. Um, I'm not sure if I can manage the training schedule for a 50-miler. So right now, the goal is to get ready for a 50K for this summer and see how that goes. Um, and I'll try to find one towards the end of the summer. And then that way, if I, if I have time um, to get myself prepared for a 50-miler, then I will try to do the Blood Rock 50-mile uh, race at Oak Mountain in Alabama. <gasps> that'd, be, that'd be good. I, I kind of motivated. I might sign up for the one you're going to do. And, um, I can't remember what date that was, but it looked beautiful. The venue looked beautiful. And I said, that looks like something I might want to try to do. So you might see me out there. That would be awesome. It's really gnarly. And I think that you'll be surprised um, that your OCR training will absolutely uh, benefit you. And the reason being is when I did the first one, um, some of the inclines are so insane. I mean, you're on the back side of the mountain. Uh, where there really aren't trails and they had to drop ropes for a lot of it. Um, and it was, there were so many people there that were um, actually using that race as a training run for like Boston uh, Marathon and things like that. And they were, they were marathoners, but they were road marathoners. And it, it was really encouraging to me because they were dying on the hills. But because yes. of my, my OCR training, I have, you know, my squatting and all that good stuff and lunges, I was able to power up these big hills um, where they were not. And so it was incredibly motivating for me. Um, and so I, I'm sure that you will absolutely love it and you'll probably kill it and end up winning your age group because you're a great runner. <laughs> Well, thank you. Um, hey, you want to hear something funny? Um, yes. Um, and the, it, I did the strolling gym, I told you earlier, which is a road race. And then um, about the 20-mile mark, they had about a quarter mile of the road was washed out, and mm. it was just mud. And, um, and uh, I walked a lot of the race, but I thrived in that mud part, and I ran across it, and all the other – road athletes were stopping to walk through it i thought that was noteworthy so <laughs> yes and that's why yeah ocr for the win on that one yeah that's right <laughs> yeah i actually told that to people on the trail race i ended up getting third in my age group because oh, of wow. <laughs> it was only because of the hills it's <laughs> but i these girls that were um <laughs> running with me they were they just were laughing they were saying this part's the fun part for you they're like we hate this and I was like I this is my favorite part so um I feel like it, tandem uh the the ultra running and the OCR and you, you have a really 
you know, capable athlete. <laughs> well, well, good. I cannot wait to hear how you do. Um, and, and we'll be following you on that one. Well, do you have any last, uh, uh, not last words, but any, any final words or advice you'd like to share with our OCR folks who might be considering ultra running or vice versa? Um, let's see. Well, I think that you need to do what makes you excited. Um, we all have different paths and different passions and those are also evolving. I think that they change all the time. I just started a CrossFit uh, gym thing that I'm going to be doing to kind of juxtaposition my running training. And I think that you just have to keep seeking what really makes you excited. So if it's, something that you kind of feel deep in your bones where this is a little bit scary or this is exciting, go for it. And so for me, you know, flipping back and forth between OCRs and the ultras is scary and it's difficult, but that's what makes it worth it to me. Um, so I don't really have any training advice. I, you know, I have um, a lot of with the autoimmune issues that I have my, um, my training schedule changes a lot depending on what my body is doing. So I think that really you have to kind of listen to like what you feel and, and go with that. Like if something makes you pumped, then go for it. That's, that's all I can really say. Well, that sounds like a great advice. You got You have to do what makes you excited and, and, and what makes you happy. Um, one final question. Um, would you ever consider doing the new Spartan endurance race? I believe it's a 50 K with 60 obstacles. What do you think about that sometime? I would love to do that. Um, although I don't know if I could really handle it. I, I don't know. With my crazy body, that's one of those things um, with the arthritis and stuff. It, you know, I don't know if my, my joints could handle 60 obstacles and that kind of distance but I was sure would try and I mean if someone dared me to do it I probably would I dare you okay all right fine <laughs> all right let's go <laughs> all right well well thanks Claire we'll get that on the schedule and thank you so much for being a guest on our thank you again for joining us for our podcast Again, it's brought to you by Red Bike Publishing, www.redbikepublishing.com, and Mission Driven Research. MDR exists to glorify God by providing excellent support to our customers, treating employees better in every way, empowering employees to serve their neighbors in a radical way, and directing a minimum of 10% of all profits to mission-supporting activities through our partnership with Mission Driven Ministries.